the California coast, playground of America, until something deep beneath the sand turned it into Blood Beach. The water may be the safest place to be. Rated R. clever banter we had going i don't know i guess it's lost for all times let's intro it and do this thing listeners you're listening to another exciting episode of chewing the scenery horror movie podcast we are a podcast that talks about a horror movie which we will spoil first we talk about recently watched which we try not to spoil we thank the moon rays for giving us that song intro creature features at the top of the show and you can uh, buy their music digitally on Amazon or Apple Music and say hello to them on Facebook where they are, the Moon Dash Rays. We are chewing the scenery on Instagram and Facebook, but uh, say hi or don't. It's cool either way. <laughs> we're, we're all right. Um, we are your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolian. And guys, we're doing new mics here. We got them plugged in. They're kind of working, it seems. The same to you now. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Julian, are you getting any weird, like, back echo, reverb, anything weird? I keep hearing this voice telling me to get out of the house. <laughs> That's about right. Uh, who wants to start Recently Watched? I think you do. I do. Okay, cool. Um, most recently, I watched, uh, well, I'll rewind a little first. Leap of Faith, William Friedkin. Now, this is William Friedkin, the director, uh, who basically did... Uh, he did some really good work turning the uh, William Peter Blatty movie or book into a movie. Uh, some people might argue that it's by today's standards, The Exorcist is not the most shocking thing ever. But uh, there's some more finesse to this thing than I would have thought. So here's like an hour and a half movie where it's a lot of behind the scenes stuff and a lot of scenes from the movie and, and uh, William Friedkin talking about it. And uh, how difficult it was to get the right music and get everything married to it. And how, like, Tubular Bells, which is the, you know, it is the thing that people know of The Exorcist, other than, you know, the excerpts of Regan going crazy and doing the, the voice and the foul language. Um, this uh, This is worth a look. It's on Netflix. I will say... It could change your mind a little if you're kind of anti-exorcist uh, or not, because it's it's a lot more of a thoughtful approach than I would have imagined. You know, not just going for the shocks and uh, you know the upsetting things. Anywho, um, 
So I watched that one. I rewatched American Werewolf in London last night because I went through all of my different streaming platforms because I didn't want to get up and go get my Blu-ray of Return of the Living Dead, which starts on uh, July 3rd. And I was thinking, I should watch this today. I finally had some time to myself, kind of late at night. And I scrolled and looked and looked and scrolled and nothing, nothing, nothing. They wanted me to pay money for a thing I already own. I was like, you know what? American Werewolf in London. It has nothing to do with this holiday or this weekend or that date. But uh, it was a really fun rewatch for me. So I rewatched American Werewolf in London all the way through and rather enjoyed it. Another thing I did not expect to be seeing was uh, the movie we're going to be talking about, Blood Beach. But not that one. The newer one from like five years ago. The Sand. The Sand. Blood Beach, a.k.a. The Sand. I watched that first. I was like, you know what? Oh, it's starting. Oh, it's newer. What year does this thing say it is? I just went ahead and watched it. It's, uh, this is not a spoiler. Uh, It is when children play the floor is hot lava. Mm -hmm. It's just that for like the whole movie. Uh, You get like five minutes of people getting too drunk and partying on the beach and they all wake up passed out on blankets or in cars or one guy in a trash can. And when it starts to happen, the crazy thing where the sand is like dissolving and sucking blood from people, uh, it's just the sand is hot lava for the rest of the movie. There are people like jumping from one thing to the next or breaking railings off of things and walking like, you know, like a balance beam on that. Uh, was I vaguely entertained? Yeah. Would I recommend it? Not really. Uh, without talking about Blood Beach from 1980, uh, it's, it's the better movie. I'm just going to say that. And that's it for my recently watched. Who wants to go next? All right, I'll go. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> I watched uh, three films this week. First was Nightcrawler. Um, I don't know, 2014? Sure. Sure. 1997? 1997, that's the correct answer. Nightcrawler, 1997. The young, young Jake Gyllenhaal. (laughs) He was like seven. I think he's a little older than that, but uh, I had not watched it yet, so I wanted to watch something else, but it was not free anywhere, so... I watched uh, Nightcrawler. Damn he, paywalls, right? He plays a great sociopath. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I really liked it. <clears throat> Watching that made me think he could have stepped in and played the Joker after his friend Heath Ledger died. Yeah. I think it would have been a great tribute to Heath if he stepped in and did it. Because he can do it. He could play the Joker's cousin. <laughs> the Chester. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The trickster, something. <laughs> I think that's a Flash villain. Yeah, the Jester's a daredevil villain. Oh, is it? Oh <laughs> of man, it is. What am I talking about? Yeah. Anything you could think of, it's probably a villain somewhere. Probably. Yeah. Uh, then I watched a movie called uh, Caveat. Uh, this is 2019, 2020. Um, this is an Irish film. Um, Pretty good if you're willing to not 
do that thing where you watch a horror movie and you go, why are these people doing this? That's your caveat about caveat. Exactly. (laughs) Um, It's got a good uh, moodiness to it. Um, It's fairly well done for what looks like a pretty low budget movie, but the characters' actions are just like, I don't know why they're doing this other than that somebody wrote it in this part, you know. Uh, not giving much away, but the main character is a uh, young man who suffered a head injury, and he's having memory problems, and his friend comes to him and says, hey, I want you to come watch my my uncle's house. Um, my niece lives there, and they're, I don't know quite why, but um, she has some mental problems. He doesn't tell, her that, tell him that right away. Uh, these things always arise, you know, arise after you get there. So, of course, it's on an island. Um, you know, yes, she's mad. Uh, the uncle killed himself. Uh, the place may or may not be haunted. Uh, all sorts of things. And they say you have to wear this harness so you won't go into her room because she's so paranoid that she's sure you'll go into her room so already you're like uh what and the guy the guy really objects to the first thing he's like i'm not wearing a leash that's stupid but he quickly faults then the next couple words he's like okay fine so he's wearing he's locked into this harness with a big chain on him that leads to the basement where the (laughs) uncle killed himself and creepy shit goes on um (laughs) So things keep happening like that. And you're like, why are they doing this? Who are these people? They are not even remotely realistic. It is it is very much like a dream. Not quite uh, surreal enough, though. Um, but the main character at some point crawls into the walls of the house. But I don't really know why. And then he comes bursting out and... Uh, Richard, you or Aris, you'll have to watch this next Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid I will. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, the moodiness was great. Uh, there's a couple scenes that are pretty creepy. Um, there's a body in the wall that's unsettling. Um, but ultimately, just the, the people were so flat and unrealistic, I, I had a hard time with it. But I think if somebody could get past that, it might be... It might be worth a watch hmm. if you're if you're willing to go into it like oh it's a dream nothing's gonna make sense yeah uh, you might be able to enjoy it a little more um, dream logic is always fun in movies isn't it yeah unfortunately like I said it's it's not terribly surreal enough to, so so like the people's actions are dream logic but the rest of it seems kind of realistic and gritty it's uh, doesn't quite work but again uh someone might enjoy it yeah not a total uh bomb uh the next film i watched okay uh if i told you i found a movie that involved uh the early 80s (laughs) computers go on and satan oh i know this one you'd be like oh that sounds pretty good and then i throw in on top Clint Howard? Clint Howard. Oh, I know the movie you're talking about. <laughs> and you get evil speak. Yeah. 
and then you fall asleep because <laughs> it's it's deadly dull is the movie yeah um it gets kind of silly at the end but for a large part of it not much happens but some pig puppets uh torment some people um some kids torment clint howard well kids i say they're all like in their 30s and they're supposed to be in a military academy but yeah you know clint howard just got a second mortgage on his house and he's got like four kids <laughs> he's playing a teenager <laughs> he needed the money <laughs> yeah um yeah uh not not good but not so bad that it it was worth it you know it was one of those that was just like well no wonder i've never heard of this it's a fine line isn't it and in one of those weird coincidences that happened i watched a movie review about a different movie um and they brought up evil speak (laughs) at some point it was like wow okay that's uh that was a weird weird coincidence there um then i watched a movie today called vamps vamps because i couldn't remember if you said vamp or vamps and there's two vamps the first one is the one i watched it has Kristen ritter and alicia silverstone in it oh nice and it's basically a tv movie version and this doesn't make quite a much as much sense now but tv version of what we do in the shadows okay so if you stripped away all the we're ignoring well we'll say the tv show too what's in the shadows but if you stripped away all the atmosphere (laughs) and just left kind of a uh mid 2000s uh 2010s kind of sort of i don't know everyday kind of people and living in new york i mean they just live in a regular apartment they're both vampires and they just have coffins in the middle of the floor in the middle of the living room or the bedroom or wherever yeah it's all one room because it's new york um you know things like that is a bunch of vampire jokes that pretty much you have the same joke in what we do in the shadows but they don't land oh and i don't know why because both of the leads are pretty good yeah i really like Kristen ritter and i think she can do comedy pretty well oh yeah um sigourney weaver's in it she's pretty good there's a bunch of like b-class comedians uh todd berry and richard lewis show up and yeah i can't remember the one other guy's name he's a victim but uh yeah it's just like none of these jokes really land they uh they do the psychic vampire joke, but they don't go with it. They bring it up and then they quickly like brush it off and, and mm. go on to another joke. Um, yeah, so I did not finish it. The other vamps was foreign, and I think it's about Elizabeth Bathory. I did not watch it. <laughs> was because I was not going to watch no I was not going to watch something with subtitles normally that's not the case but I was not feeling it this morning I wanted to get some housework done and so then I watched uh, we'll say tonight's movie well alright well that's kind of uh, that's kind of a good bunch of viewing uh, Jolien how about you uh, well I watched um, Camille 2000 
1969. No. Uh, this is a film by Radley Metzger, and I'd never seen any of his films. So I checked this one out. Um, so this is uh, is basically the plot is a romantic melodrama in a decadent world. Uh, in this case, is Rome, uh, late sixties, uh, based on the novel by Alexandre Dumas. Um, it's, it's beautiful people bored at fabulous parties. Oh, one of those. They're not like beautiful people like British beautiful people, you know, bunch of inbred. Uh, yeah. <laughs> really beautiful people. But they're, they're just lounging around bored in fabulous costumes and beautiful architecture. And um, I might check it out. The, uh, yeah, it, it, um, so there's lo- lots of entropy and ennui going on. And, yeah. Uh, but it is the look of it is just amazing it's just so gorgeous oh that sounds good yeah um, and, and the soundtrack is fabulous as well um, <clears throat> yeah I really enjoyed it it's, it's kind of like a Garden of the Fist Contini's okay um, you know, fewer Nazis <laughs> uh, a bit like Salo less uh, less Caprophagy more Palatio um, <laughs> that's good I can go yeah. with that yeah it's, uh, it was amazing looking at it I enjoyed that one did um, not see that coming no <laughs> um, have you seen <clears throat> Salo? Uh, <laughs> no, no but I know no. it's a Pasolini film from yeah. the 70s and it's part of the like kind of Nazi exploitation sort of thing when it was still art house right and uh, <laughs> so it's basically a garden of fish called T continues it's basically this enclave of the rich during the Nazi occupation, uh, and they feel themselves safe because they're entitled and so on. But yeah, uh, yeah, it gets very dark. Yeah, I shall put it on my list. Yeah, I saw it at the um, Scala Cinema, one of their marathons, and uh, yeah, I'm glad I saw it with an audience because uh, they they had a good laugh. At oh, stuff. but if you watched it by yourself, <laughs> you're like, am I on a list now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might be on a list. <laughs> um, yeah, it's on Criterion if you want to buy a copy. Well, all right, Criterion. Um, and I had a. Uh, oh, I saw another old dark house mystery called uh, The Unholy Night. Um, this is from 1929. Hmm. Um, so, like most uh, really early talkie movies, the actual mise en scene is very static. Because everyone's got a cluster in the microphone, <laughs> oh. I can't move much. Yeah, but, uh, I, I quite enjoy it. It's got such a good cast. Um, uh, screenplays by Ben Hex, who oh. wrote loads of great stuff. Yeah, Ben Hur. Um, directed by Lionel Barrymore. Really. Uh, stars Ernest Torrance, who is in the uh, 923 Hunchback. Uh, Richard Young, who is in the Topper series. He's, he's the dapper fellow with a little moustache. Mm. Um, uh, John Loder's in it. He was in uh, Sabotage and The Man Who Changed His Mind with Boris Karloff. Um, Sojin Kamiyama is in it. Um, he, he was in a bunch of films, never in a major role, I don't think. He was in, I think his last, one of his last films was Seven Samurai. Oh. Um, but uh, Sojin Kamiyama, you might recognize him because he's, he was the uh, model for a uh, 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 photographer uh, named William. Hortonson, I think. He, he, he's, uh, he, he's like a, a sort of makeup artist and photographer. And his 
um, idea of photography is you, you take these you know, big prints and then during um, development you, you mess around with okay, them. Okay, yeah. You can paint over them. And uh, so he, he, you know, he's, he's pushing that sort of photography as a work of art sort of thing. Okay. Uh, they're amazing pictures, but yes, yeah, so Sojin was one of the models for that, and he's he's this mystic who leads these kind of uh, uh, he leads these seances at this big house in London, and it's during this <coughs> one of the worst fogs, and uh, London, especially back in the nineteenth century when they used to do when they had factories in within the city and they had like rendering plants and stuff, it would it would just go black. Yeah, uh, literally, <laughs> uh, you you couldn't see your hand if you stretched out your arm. But uh, anyway, this is like doing a, a bad fog, and uh, these people are getting strangled to death in the fog, and you know, yards away from the nearest policeman, and uh, and uh, several of them turn out to be from the same regiment from uh, who had fought at Gallipoli, and so they gathered together the, the survivors at this uh, mansion, and uh, and then they still get knocked off within the mansion. Um, uh, Boris Karf actually turns up in this one. Oh, and uh, he he plays a character named Abdul, and uh, yeah, so it, it, it's you know, it's very stagey and static. Um, but uh, there's this there's a scene in it where um, there's a whole bunch of murders during the night, and everybody's been put in their own bedrooms, and they all get knocked off, and. Uh, <laughs> There's this, uh, the most creative bit is like the camera does this, uh, it's the illusion of a tracking shot through all the rooms. So it looks like a continuous shot, but you see all the bodies, mm. various poses, you know, in and out of the beds, and, you know, strangled in various grotesque expressions and stuff. Um, anyway, uh, it's got a classic character who actually says, I can't stand it anymore. I'm going mad, I tell you, mad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and two, two seance scenes, and they're pretty good too. Uh, so that was The Unholy Night. Uh, I binged uh, Godzilla. Um, I finally got to see Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, oh. excellent. Good. Uh, so <clears throat> this is directed by Adam Wingard, um, starring Tarzan. Um, yes. So it's got a lot of uh, you know, that old white fantasy Lost World mythology going on in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, I. I all the way through yeah you've both seen that yeah 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 absolutely um so you binged how many how many godzilla movies so i watched the godzilla vs kong and then the uh godzilla singular point which is the new anime came on Mm. on netflix i watched all that oh Uh, that's the 13 episode wow it's not aware of that um it's uh by atushi takashi a uh, huge amount of scientific data thrown at you. Uh, <laughs> Techno babble. I found the narrative always confused a bit. Um, there was there was things, especially towards the end, that seemed to contradict each other. Uh, I might just be not understanding what's going on because I didn't trust the subtitles that well. Mm. It didn't seem to be that accurate. Yeah, sometimes you can so tell. That made it even more difficult. Uh, but I enjoyed it. It's, it's got a great look to it. Uh, the battle scenes are really good. Uh, when you finally get to them, it takes it takes about four or five episodes to really I, get I going. It. I was enjoying it, yeah. Um, and then, and then when it gets to the end, it declares itself profound. You go, uh huh, 
<laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, um, the uh, yeah, um, you have to have a working knowledge of various uh, things in theoretical science and, and, and actual science, um, uh, ontogeny and phylogeny, machine learning, epigenetic landscapes, closed time, closed time like curve. That's a that's a useful one to know for this. Yeah. <clears throat> um, plantigrades and digigrades. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was pretty. It was a trip, but uh, I enjoyed it overall. Oh, good. Anyway, that was it. Man, that's uh, that's good. It, it's kind of nice to get that little bit of, a little bit of downtime. Watch some movies you want to watch. So, have you gotten through most of the silent stuff you wanted to watch? Um, there's some films I just can't find or have, or have been lost. Yeah. Uh, like there's one called The Magician I'd really like to see. Yeah. That's one of those uh, early horror movies I haven't seen yet. Um, and uh, Warning Shadows, I've not seen that one yet. Waxworks. Yeah. Another one. So um, you chose something nice and uh, mm. summery. Yeah. Blood Beach from 1980. This is a rated R. A horror movie that is uh, also wearing the badge of comedy and sci-fi in a lot of the descriptions, which I find interesting. Like there there are some characters that are a little smart alecky or a little, you know, silly with their delivery or something. But overall, I wouldn't call this a comedy, but um, sure, you know, someone else thinks so. Wouldn't call it sci-fi either. No, what science is going on here? There's no yeah. science. Um, and it was all true, so there's no fiction there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Remember when they shut down Venice because the big sandworm was eating people? Yeah. So this one was... Um, Spoilers. <laughs> this one was available for listeners who don't want to go out and get a new streaming platform. Uh, it's available on uh, the old YouTube. Yeah, that's where I had to watch it. Yeah, were the files? Yeah, I couldn't get them to work. I couldn't either, but that's okay. That yeah. was fine, yeah, because yeah. it was right there on YouTube. There were a couple of them. Yeah. Um, so if you don't well, want to watch the newer Blood Beach, then... Yeah, I meant to watch that. Yeah, you should. That's not me recommending. It's just me saying you should. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this, uh, Jolien, you chose it. Uh, had you seen it before? Was this one of your... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, more, more cut than this version. Because England, because video nasties. Yeah. Uh, but I remember the first time I, I got a whiff of it was when I was on holiday in France and across from the hotel we were staying at, there was a cinema and they had a massive painted billboard. Wow. The, this woman getting sucked down into the sand and it just, uh, it's, that's just such a great kid sort of concept. Yeah. yeah. Like, so as, as you say, you're hot lava. What is going on? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it it really speaks to our uh, this ingrained fear of quicksand from uh, all the Tarzan movies oh, yes. and all the, you know, even Gilligan's Island, everything. Was, quicksand was going to come and get you. You were going to not notice, you were going to fall into it, and you're going to sink. And if you didn't sink and you got out, the killer bees got you. Yep. Yeah, that uh, that 
puddle of vermiculite floating on the surface of something. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It always looked like vermiculite. That's exactly what it was. I'm sure it had just to be. Just on water. Yeah. So, uh, Jolien, you chose it. Uh, you had seen it. Uh, and, and yet I chose it again. Yet you chose it. Yeah. So, uh, so where does it stand with you? Better than the 4.5 it gets on IMDb out of, out of 10? Out of 10. Yes. Not out of 5. Yeah, I'd give it a solid five. I was willing to give it a little more. I mean, we could do that I, later, I, but I was totally yeah. entertained by it's it. Like hanging out with it is, is just so many scenes that don't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it was still kind of the seventies. Like the early eighties was oh, yes. still the hangover of the seventies. Right. Mm-hmm. So things hadn't really like suddenly evolved into something new and, and dazzling. Eighty three, eighty four, you think? Yeah, I would say that's about right when they decided that you had to get asymmetrical haircuts and neon colored clothes and tiger stripe patterned pants or whatever uh, was going to bring us into the future. We'll get to that next week. Yes, we will. (laughs) Um, So this was directed and uh, written by uh, Jeffrey Bloom, who I know nothing of. And uh, He, he worked on Flowers in the Attic, director of that. Screenplay. Oh, okay. And uh, there's this horror anthology called Nightmares. Oh, okay. Um, it felt competently made. Like oh they, yeah, like you would be watching a scene and you'd hear like the siren or the alarm bell of the next scene happening as they you know cross fade into this other scene and you would see some good panning. However, there was you probably both noticed the boom mic in the oh, one. Oh man, it's bad. Yeah. Uh, so bad. Yeah. yeah the boom mic, that was really like hard. coming down and whacking the guy in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was really close to like brushing their hair. Where they're standing right at the uh, the railings by the ocean. Yeah. And you see the clip where they're holding on the uh, shades with the camera. Yeah. Yes. I was that's wondering what, what that, that was. Yeah. I was wondering what it was. I could tell it was some equipment creeping into the scene, but it wasn't the boom mic. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is that? So other than two rookie mistakes, everything else was pretty competent. Um, having Paulie from the Rocky movies, uh, Burt Young, yes. uh, he was kind of the comic. Uh, he he was kind of the comic relief. Kind of. Kind of. But he kept talking about being from Chicago, but he's clearly got a New York accent. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that. It's like, why don't you just change the words New York and Chicago around? And then believe the character is actually where he says he's from. My favorite scene with him is where he's taking a description of this woman's missing husband. And she, (laughs) almost everything she says is wrong. Yes. Yes. It was pretty funny. But she got the stockings right. Yeah. But, uh, no, that's like typical of this movie. It's like, what is this scene doing there? It doesn't go anywhere. It's, uh, she's getting it all wrong. But on the other hand, it's kind of moving because she's just lost her husband. Yeah. And you know that he's been gobbled up by this thing. And then later you see him crawling around the manhole and he's just chewed up. Yeah. He was, yeah, he, he was the one we did get to see a second time for sure. Well, the, the, the first uh, death we see was the old lady who was sort of uh, greeting our, what turns out to be our protagonist or our main character. He's out with his... Uh, 
weird vest. Is that like a life vest of some sort? Is he a is he a lifeguard? No, he's an a harbor patrol cop. Oh, okay. He just wears that and gym shorts. And gym shorts. It's like a a, a skin suit, like a mm-hmm. wetsuit vest. Yeah. I don't know what it does. I guess it keeps your chest warm. Yeah. If you zip it up. Yeah. So sometimes my chest is cold, but my arms are okay. Yeah. So I wear this. It's like people you see here who wear shorts, no coat, and a big hat. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's like that. Well, the um, the lady that's uh, sort of uh, greeting him in the morning on his way out to work, uh, she gets swallowed up by the sand. That's our first death. Yeah. And then we see the sand kind of doing this little breathing move. And I thought that looked pretty cool. It was obviously just practical effects with probably a big box dug into the ground covered with plywood and sand and a mm-hmm. piece of rubber. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm writing fan fiction for the making of this movie, but I'm pretty sure. Well, you could tell uh, not, I mean, they did a good job, but the scenes where people are sinking into the sand up to their like knees or waist yeah. were clearly shot outside. But when any deeper than that, uh, when they start going under, they're always shot from above, mm-hmm. looking down, so you could tell. Oh well, that's where they changed. That's this was shot inside the soundstage. Yeah, the soundstage. But they did good match. I mean, they they matched the lights, the lighting, and everything. So they did a good job for that. Yeah. It also reminds me of uh, Invaders from Mars. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, listeners might be catching that we have dog wrestling happening. Uh, we under- have an illegal dog fighting ring. <laughs> yeah. Except for they're not really fighting. Oh, <laughs> oh no. That sounded like a complaint. Um, yeah. on an ear bit. Uh, I will say right after, right after that boom mic scene, that was really hard to watch. I, w- I feel like the main character really redeemed the movie by knowing how to take the, uh, the core out of a head of iceberg lettuce. Did you catch him do that? Yes. I worked in restaurants for years and, uh, and you, you, if you want to start with a head of iceberg lettuce, you grab the head of the lettuce and you slam it on the counter and it just pops that core loose. You just pull it out. It's kind of cone shaped. You throw it away. You cut up the lettuce. You're good to go. And he had that move down. And I said, respect. Actor is David Hoffman. Yeah. So what's David Hoffman or Huffman? Uh, he was in the Iron Field and uh, Firefox. Okay. Um, he came to a tragic end a few years later. Oh, no. Hmm. Do you know what happened? No. No, oh, is it a true crime thing? Yeah. Oh. Uh, 1985, he was in his band practicing his bagpipes. <laughs> and he noticed some kerfuffle going on with his neighbors. And uh, there were uh, some, some kid, he's, I think he's 16 years old. He'd just gotten out of jail. And he'd been... Uh, sent to stay with the, I think the vice principal or something. But anyway, he hadn't turned up and he he tried to burglarize the neighbors. And uh, David Hoffman chased him down in his van. And then uh, when he caught up to him, uh, there was a fight and the kid stabbed him with a screwdriver. Oh. What a way to go. So the dogs calmed down and now we have neighbors with fireworks. What are you going to do? Um... Yeah, the weird true crime thing, like sometimes you know somebody that something weird happens to. Uh, yeah, dog wrestling. Um, sometimes 
but it's weird when it's somebody you just watched in a movie and you find something like that out. You know, yeah, yeah it's yeah, creepy. He seems very likable in this. Yeah, he seems like an all right dude. Yeah, yeah, he's he's making the rounds in this movie. Oh, I know another mistake that I was going to point out. Yeah, what was it? There's an editing mistake. Um, it's night on the beach. I don't remember who being eaten, but somebody's being killed on the beach, and he's in bed with his girlfriend uh-huh. at the beginning. She's like the flight attendant or something. Yeah, it's it's daylight outside their windows, like bright light coming in, like it's you know the sun's coming up right out there outside, you know. Uh, Why was that scene uh, cross cut with the death scene? I don't know. What was he trying to say about orifices in the beach and <laughs> yeah. man sleeping with his stewardess? You gotta mm. wonder, right? Yeah. Um, really, what did this movie want anyway? It, was it just there to entertain us? I, I believe so. I, I think mean, so. I mean, we were all three entertained by it. But I was entertained. Yeah, it didn't really yeah. lose momentum. Like, they have the bag lady. You think she's going to... Mm-hmm. Something's oh. going to happen with her. No. no. She's just there to kind of uh, no. like ruffle people's feathers a little. But did she not show a lot of leg for a bag lady? Did you notice that? No. She's quite fit for a bag lady. She was. Quite, she, was. she was quite fit and, and, and hemline above the knee, mm-hmm. which I thought was, uh, yeah, maybe a little risque for bag Sounds ladies good. of the Sounds 80s. Yep. Yeah. You, you'd think so. It, it's always startling when you see a homeless person on a hot day and they're wearing like you know, a couple of hoodies and a coat. It's like, is whatever mental problem make you not feel heat? Oof, yeah. You've got to carry it around with you. That's the most, that's big thing. Yeah. And, uh, and also, uh, the smell, you, I'm taking it off is, and yeah. putting it back on is worse than just keeping it off. Yeah, that could be. It's so weird because you do see that sometimes. Um, since since we are recording this on the Fourth of July, will uh, I think you should tell the listeners what happened, what supposedly happened right near your house? Uh, what was it? Two months ago? Yeah, a month and a half ago. Because I looked, uh, I looked t- today, and I could still see the burn mark on the sidewalk. Yeah, um, I was inside, and my wife came up, and she said, "Hey, do you want to see a car on fire?" And I said, "Sure," because who passes that up? And we looked out the front door, and across the street, there was a car on fire. And I don't mean it was just smoldering, and you could put it out with the garden hose. It was fully engulfed in flames. Um, There was no saving it. Uh, (laughs) The tires exploded and then melted. All the plastic on the car melted. But I heard from my neighbor later, not directly, but I overheard him telling somebody else that some kids were <clears throat> riding down 14th here in Denver and throwing fireworks out the window, lit fireworks. <clears throat> and I guess one didn't make it <clears throat> out the window, and they caught their car on fire. And they were from out of town, too. So. Oh, so I wonder if they were, like, passing through from having gone through Wyoming? Maybe. They I'm were not... from New Mexico, which oh, you okay. makes you think, why? Because you can buy fireworks in New Mexico. Oh, then it makes no sense. Yeah. Well, maybe they brought them with them and they were going to... Maybe that was it. They were going to show Denver how cool they were? I suppose. It's like, hey, check this out. It was pretty cool. 
<laughs> yeah, and there's still burn marks on the uh, side of the road and the sidewalk. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it really got odd. It scorched that sidewalk. Man. That that's a lesson for y'all. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a big yeah. fire. The lesson is roll down the windows before throwing photo Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> or roll up the back window so it doesn't blow back in when you throw it out. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. It, yeah, anyone who's chewing tobacco has to ride in the back seat, you know, cuz they're going to spit out the window. Mm. That's so gross, but it, it happens to people. They get a mm. face full of tobacco spit. No one mm. wants that. No. Nobody. Nobody. Um, do they do they do the uh, chewing tobacco thing in England? No. no, that never caught on. Lack of cowboys. I've never seen it. How about snuff? Does anyone still do the snuff up I've never the nose? Seen that oh. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I've never seen snuff I've in seen real snuff life. Boxes in museums. Yeah. <laughs> I've only seen it in movies. I've never seen anyone actually snort some snuff. Snort snuff. I have seen it. It's it's just seen some... people do a lot of coke, but <laughs> well, it used to be coke back in the Yeah, exactly. The when they coke was just a pick me up. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's just a little it's more a addictive. Pick, pick me up. Yeah. Um, but we digress. Uh, so. Uh, so the, there's a the couple that were uh, almost married at one point and something didn't work out. Yeah. And that was the old lady who got sucked into the sand. She, it's his yeah. Ruth's daughter. Yeah, I'm being really ageist by calling her an old lady. She's she, about, she, she's said to be 55, I think. Yeah, yeah. let's not be calling that old now. <laughs> I was going to say. That'll sneak up on you. But yeah. This older woman, older than the main character, uh, gets sucked into the sand. And her daughter, yeah, is not really that rattled by her being missing, right? Mm -hmm. They've recovered the dog. The dog's fine. For a while. For a while, yes. For a while. And, yeah. Yeah. And she just seems to be, like, hanging out, seeing if mom's going to come home. Yeah. Okay. Okay. She gets beachside property if mom doesn't return. So she maybe was just like, yeah, we'll hang out and see what happens. We'll see, yeah. I've got a box full of her 70s magic markers. Right. Those were bizarre. <laughs> that is strange. They look like they get you high really fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You just don't touch them to your nose. It gives away what you've been doing. You get that little green Hitler mustache. People know you've been huffing the markers. Um. Yeah, that was... That was kind of a, a win-win for her. Either mom turn, turns up fine and she's happy, or, or she inherits the property. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, like, you could have... And then she marries the boyfriend who lives next door. They knock out a through wall. They've got a giant house on the beach. There you go. It's all a win. Yeah. Who let this sandworm out? I think we need to investigate this. Yeah. Yeah, another thing, like, uh, through the four initial killings including the dog, are all connected to Harry. Yeah. So if I was one of those cops, I'd be looking at him. But yeah. they don't. No. <coughs> he just turns up and they're all just chatting away. And, so, and then they then they go to the monster theory next. Yeah. I guess because he's a harbor patrol officer. Maybe they were, well, nah, he couldn't be. A... Yeah. <coughs> I was getting a really weird... Um, in, in, I guess we, we haven't mentioned yet that John Saxon is in this. Yep. Oh, yes. Yeah, and he, he he delivers a good, solid John Saxon performance. Gets the best line. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, he gets to uh, do a little send-up of Jaws, huh? 
Yeah, he, he, he actually says it's, it's on one of the posters. He says, um, uh, "Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, you can't get to it." Uh, but my favourite line he says is, uh, "It's useless as whiskers on a sausage." Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. he did say that. What the hell's that even mean? <laughs> well, they'd be pretty useless. I guess so. Um, so this uh, this also had um, Otis Young as yeah. as the lieutenant. Yeah. I immediately thought, I know this guy from something. I, well, I probably know him from a dozen somethings. Some of these character actors who've also, they've done TV, but they've done. Yeah, he was on a Western show. Yeah, like in the 60s, right? Yeah, he was one of the first black actors to have a lead role. Yeah, wow. I forget what it was called. It was Outlaw or something like that. Yeah, one of those. I've never seen it. I remember him from The Last Detail with Jack Nicholson. There you go. That's the Navy one, right? Yeah. Uh, Is it Navy? Yeah. He's also in uh, Capture of Bigfoot. Now, I saw that on his IMDb, and I, I was going to ask you, uh, have you seen it, and how bad is it? Uh, I can't remember if I've seen that one. <laughs> you asked me if I've seen a particular Bigfoot movie. I've seen a bunch of them. But how many were really good? Yeah, unless you, you can say who was in it, like John Carradine or something. I right. can't distinguish them. Yeah, Kung Fu versus Bigfoot, Yeah, I think was that one. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember if I've seen Capture of Bigfoot. Probably, <laughs> probably. And it's probably not good. <laughs> well, it's a Bigfoot uh, movie. Odds are. How many great Bigfoot? Yeah. If, other than other than Shriek of the Mutilated. Yeah, that gem. Which I think is a, actually a Yeti. Well, it's a fake. <laughs> it's a fake Yeti at yeah. that. Was it a fake Bigfoot or a fake Yeti? What was it? Uh, did anyone else stand out? In this one, well, Mariana Hill plays um, uh, the ex who turns up. Yeah, she was in High Plains Drifter. Yeah, and Black Zoo, Medium Call is a good one. Okay, and she was in Star Trek and Batman. Oh, yeah. Man. What was she, what was she in Batman? Uh, Cleopatra. Oh, okay. Uh, makes me want to rewatch that. And you are talking this the '66 series, yes? yeah? Okay. Yeah, she's got that look. I could totally see her in Batman. So, um, this came out in late 1980. Uh, with uh, it came out in early 81. Oh, okay. 81. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw that it... Oh, it was screened in December of 80. So the movie was completed sometime probably in, the, in 1980. So it really was still the 70s, if, yes. we're, if we're being honest. Yes. Yeah, everything everything was half shirts and gym shorts and you, you know socks pulled up to your knees and, and ugly people. Yeah, as far as the eye could see. Yep, <laughs> just just hairy, oily people. Uh huh. Anybody could be a star. Yeah, you could look like they ran over your face <laughs> <laughs> with a forklift, and uh, you know you could be a leading man in the in the seventies. Yeah, we were kind of progressive that way. In the eighties, we decided no, we only want beautiful people on the on the television and on the movies with huge poofy hair. Yeah, and shoulder pads if if you can get them. What? Why with the shoulder pads? Any theories? Yeah, it was a throwback to the forties. But why did they have shoulder pads in the forties? Uh, that's a good question. I was going to say they wanted the women to look more like men. 
Maybe? No. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I think it was probably the the uh, excess of material after the war. <laughs> like, no, clothes <laughs> actually did become more excessive, more fabric, because you could do it then. Yeah. You know, and that was a big selling point. Like, you know, this dress is over-designed. <laughs> it's got, like, you know, two more dresses worth of fabric in here. How decadent, but we've won the war, so. Yeah. So Live it up. Yeah, take that, Hitler. Yeah. Um, We're going for how many times can we mention Hitler and Nazis in one episode that has nothing to do with either? Uh, Were there any other actors that stood out to you, Julian, that were uh, from things you recognized? Uh, No. Uh, I like the soundtrack as Gilmere. Um... He's, he's, he was also an artist. He did their album covers for mm. jazz records back in the 50s. Oh. And he was one of the first people, well, not one of the first, I shouldn't say, but he was one of the musicians who built their own electronic instruments. Oh. And incorporated that. And uh, he he did, um, it's in, in the 70s, like Andromeda Strain is, is like one of those really uh, out there soundtracks for a science fiction film. Oh, he did that? <clears throat> and um, uh, he did the Sentinel and Starship Invasions. But you probably know him because he did the um, uh, music for Night Gallery. Oh, okay. okay. And uh, Kojak. Oh, uh-huh. the Night Stalker, Darren McGavin. Yeah. No, Kojak. Oh, did you say Ko- did you say Kojak? Kojak. Oh, Kojak. Okay. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> same time frame. Uh, we used to call it Kojak parking when, uh, whenever you were going somewhere and you were able to pull up right in front of the place you were going to. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's, also, it's also known as Batman parking, but uh, yeah, Kojak yeah, parking. Yeah. Doesn't right matter. Yep. Yep. There's a big wide open spot for the <coughs> oversized 70s car. Just pull that aircraft carrier sized vehicle right in there. That happened to me outside the Sears Tower. Did it? I got to park right in front of the entrance and we we're like there this can't be a real spot this is not i'm yeah. gonna come out and the car is gonna be gone they'll just have crushed the car yeah. on site you know but there were no signs nothing it was a fine parking spot now if you threw a penny from the top of the sears tower do you think it would go through the car completely probably and then bury itself in the <clears throat> pavement no i'm gonna guess not it's not heavy it's enough insane. yeah <laughs> it's totally a myth um did you uh, but if you had a piece of antimatter you could probably drop it from the top of the sears tower and have it go through the earth seems reasonable um did you try the the trick from ferris bueller's day off did you lean over the railing and touch your forehead to the glass no okay you've seen ferris bueller's day off never you're so lucky i mean you should watch it just because no no don't watch it it's not worth it (laughs) it's one of those like the goonies that people think is good but they're seeing it through i must have seen that six times oh if you've seen that six times you should watch ferris bueller at least once because i'm a big fan of it i don't mind it but uh i when i lived in japan i used to go for the weekend i used to go down to sapporo which is the the big city Mm -hmm. and then the end of the weekend i'd have to go back up to the extreme north where i was living and it was like a seven-hour coach ride, Ooh. and they, but they play a video on the bus, and it's always, always Goonies. Goonies. Oh, is it overdubbed? 
or subtitled? Subtitled. Okay. So, hmm. well, you were good either way, right? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So, a uh, little trivia for people who are listening, who are putting up with this. Um, when you watch the Sears Tower, and I'm not going to ever call it the Willis Tower, except to tell you that no. I'm not going to call it that. It's the yeah, Sears it's Tower. Yeah, it's always going to be the Sears yeah, Tower. That's, we're, yeah, we're, we're going to fight that thing. Um, there's these weird guys. Not I don't know if the guys are weird, but there's these guys wearing weird hats. Uh, they're kind of funny-shaped hats with these big, long feathers hanging off the front. And they look like they belong to some, like... Uh, uh, the Honorable Lodge of the something something. Yeah. And uh, apparently when they were shooting this, they just happened to be there. Oh, okay. They Yeah. <clears throat> they weren't costumed and cast. They were just there. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I just watched a video of uh, things going on in the background of movies that weren't supposed to be there. Other than Peen Wolf? They didn't show that. I was surprised. <laughs> they did not show that. But um, there is a, now I'm not going to be able to remember, but there's a Hulk Hogan movie, and he's riding a bike down the pier, and a guy in the background is throwing a dog into the water. Oh. <laughs> no. You're like, what the hell? What's that for? It wasn't. It wasn't part of the movie. The one that freaked me out with those was uh, Ghost, because that was another you know, American film that everyone's seen apart from me. Yeah. You finally caught up with it. And during the, in the, right at the start, uh, one of the characters is walking around a busy street in, in New York. And uh, you see the same guy uh, looking at the camera. And he's in the crowd and you know, he's, he's, he's in various positions. But it's shot after shot, there's this same guy. And I, I just thought it was part of the movie because, you know, it's ghost. Yeah. Is, is it a phantom that's following her or something? I didn't know. But it, no, he's, he's, it's, he's just some extra who was in too many yeah, scenes. Yeah, who wants to see what he could get away with? <laughs> kind of like the guy at the end of Teen Wolf, whip, yeah, whipping out his junk. And did you see the? Have you seen the kid at the end of Back to the Future Three? Uh, in the train? I don't think so. The little kid's like pointing at his crotch, like, yeah, check the, the little kid. Wow, it's it's at first you see it and you're like no, and then you watch it again and you're like, holy shit, he is like. Trying to get Michael J. Fox to laugh. Oh, okay. So he's looking right at him, and he's like holding his crotch, and he's oh. pointing at him, and oh man, I gotta it, watch it's that. Blatant, now. and you're like, wow, that kid's like four. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, he's obviously watched too much of something that he shouldn't. I believe Vern was his name. Vern. Okay, I'm gonna have to watch that. I mean, I generally in a span of two or three years get around to watching. All of the Back to the Future movies again, and then not for a year or two, and then hit them all. Oh, you've got them all. Oh, I do. Yeah, I have the collection. Yeah. Yeah, that's one that I think more and more that they should have stopped at one. You know. And just left it as to be continued, and you could imagine what happened. You didn't have to worry about. I like the second one better than the first one. Really? I think. Hmm. I might... I like the second one better than the third one. I don't like the third one really at all. No, I didn't find the third one. It's less and less entertaining. Didn't they sneak ZZ Top into that movie? Yes, they did. Yeah, like, please. Why? Because I don't think they had Huey Lewis anymore. Oh, that's what it was. 
And did they sneak any musicians into the second one? No. I don't think so. Yeah, it's weird. I do like the, you know, movie in a movie aspect of the second one. Yeah. Where they're, you know, visiting, revisiting the first movie, kind of, in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, big fans of Blood Beach are wondering why we're talking about everything but Blood Beach. So, so Carl, we're sorry. Yes. <laughs> and there's probably a guy named Jeff that's like... Jeff, there's two guys, yeah. Jeff and Carl, yep. and they love Blood Beach, and they tuned in especially to hear our take on it. Yeah. Well, I would recommend it. Yeah. All right. Um, you get to see a rapist get his uh, penis torn off. Yes. You well, you see the results of it. Yeah. Yeah, but they did cut that. Well, no pun intended, but it, they did edit that out. Um, it, it was. It's kind of funny because this movie is not gory. You do see some blood. It's not really gory to speak of. Yeah, they don't really deliver on the blood beach. No, I mean there is blood. There is a beach. Mm-hmm. They do. But is it a blood beach? Not really. You get a corpse avalanche on for a uh, uh, Catherine. Oh, that's right. Yes. The underground building and the corpse lounge. Why uh, are they down there? Who? Yeah. Who stashed those there? Yeah, and it's punctuated with that Friday the Thirteenth style flop down arms flail thing. Yeah, like that must have just been a thing they did in the late seventies, early eighties. They're just like, oh, here, you just tie their feet up this way, and then just have them drop down. And no explanation for how that works, but. You know, the kids are going to love it. Uh, yeah, so uh, this the sea also that is mentioned in um, the Wikipedia. They're like, see also, Sand Sharks, 2011, right. Tremors, 1990, yeah. and The Sand, which I did watch, I mentioned earlier, yeah. 2015. Uh, Return of the Jedi, 83. It's a, yes. Yeah, yeah. Raiders from Mars, 53. Yeah. yeah. Rest in peace, And 85 Fett. again. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, isn't there a sandworm in Beetlejuice or something? Yes. Yes. And there of is. course, Dune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, Dune for sure. <clears throat> um, now, recommends on this one. You know, Obviously, we, we said we were entertained the whole way through. Will, this thing clocks in at 92 minutes, mm-hmm. just over the Barnes limit. But uh, does it get a pass? Yeah. I mean, you can just walk out on the credits and you're not going to miss much. It's not like the end of Silence of the Lambs where there's, you know, a bunch of jugglers on unicycles come in and... Oh, yeah, yeah there is that. behind people and you do, next to yeah, people. You do have to stick around for at least some of it. But, yeah. Yeah, uh, I was entertained. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Julian? Yeah, yeah. So, can you recommend this to horror fans yeah. who haven't seen it? I'm not saying it's good, but... Go see it find it it's not going to cost you anything <clears throat> same will yeah yeah i agree I, yeah it was entertaining i didn't have a dull moment I, even that stupid one from uh 2015 uh with the way too much cgi was fine i mean i it, uh, i didn't fall asleep very much watching it and very much <laughs> <laughs> only once or twice yeah i woke up and i was like where am i <laughs> but, oh this movie's still going yeah oh they're still playing uh, the floor is lava with the sand okay yep 
Imagine when we reach the age of the old lady from the beginning of the movie. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll be judging films on how often we fall asleep during them. Yes. Yes. In a year or two, when I'm as old as the woman I called old. <laughs> oh, a real quick uh, footnote here. Um, I, I had to wonder if uh, this supposed Chicago character that Burt Young played, uh, Cap, or I'm sorry, Sergeant Royko, uh, there was a columnist in the Chicago paper who was syndicated nationwide named Mike Royko. And he was, um, he was known for his uh, witty lo- uh, looks at things. And uh, I think he was more on the conservative side, but he had a, a very, a very uh, sharp wit. And so I wonder if he was named after Mike Royko. So that's uh, something I'll probably never know, but mm, it would explain why, say, he's from Chicago when he's clearly a New Yorker. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you couldn't have changed that? No, it seems like an easy fix. Yeah. It's, it's like, hey, Could he the... not remember New York? He's like, Kept hey. saying Chicago? He's like, hey, but you know, just because I'm from there doesn't mean I can remember it. <laughs> you know? Uh... Anywho. So, uh, so we did the recommends. Uh, and next week, you're going to be hearing us talk about Vamp. And this is something that uh, you have to be careful when you're looking for it, that you don't put an S on it. Yeah. Or you could end up watching something you don't want to watch. This is a 1986 movie. Um, You could leave the S off and watch something you didn't want to watch, too. (laughs) We will get to that. (laughs) So, uh, Vamp with uh, Grace Jones and uh, some other people that we'll talk about. uh, Yeah, we'll get to that next week. But anything else before we get out of here? No. All right. Stay well, off the beach. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks for listening. <laughs>